0: Jesus was more than just a good teacher. He was the very Son of God. Today on Daily in the Word, Dr. Paul Chapel reveals the true identity of the most prominent figure in human history,
1: How many of you would think it would be wonderful if your neighbors would say, you know, that guy is really different. That guy lives for the Lord. That guy's had a great change come over his life. And your life and mine should point others to Jesus Christ. And if all they see in you is the same activity, the same music, the same lifestyle, the same hatred as an unsaved man, why would they ever want Jesus Christ?
0: name jesus christ has caused more comfort as well as controversy than any other name in history and yet why is this the answer is found in the unique claim that he made he declared himself to be god in the flesh welcome to daily in the word this program features the teaching and preaching of dr paul chapel pastor of lancaster baptist church and president of west coast baptist college in lancaster california in today's series entitled, Jesus Is, we'll discover that Jesus is more than just an inspiring leader. He is the reason for our very existence. Stay with us to find out how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here's Dr. Paul Chapel with part one of a message called, Jesus is the Light of the World. Well, every day
1: we hear bad news. We hear the news of the darkness of this world. That happens all too often. We hear about drug addicts and drug deals, and we hear about young people who are struggling in homes to really know what the meaning of life is and what love is all about. We hear of murder and hate. And oftentimes, by the time you watch the news or read the newspaper, there's a darkness that can come over your soul. And that's why when we hear the words of Jesus, when he says, I am the light of the world it brings hope and encouragement to our heart now throughout the gospel of john jesus is declaring his truth he is making declarations about his identity he is helping the world to know he's not uh, a passerby teacher he's not a messiah wannabe but that he is in fact the very son of god And in fact, in John chapter 8 in your Bibles, it says in verse 58, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. In other words, he was teaching them that he was eternal God. That before Abraham had even come to the earth, that he was existing then. Now, when he said that, the Pharisees became very angry. They wanted the corner on the religious market. They saw Jesus as a threat uh, to what they uh, had in mind. And in fact, in John 8, 59, it says, they took up stones to cast at him. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine mere men, men created by Jesus, throwing rocks that Jesus created at Jesus because they were so angry at him? Well, not only does Jesus declare his eternality, but he declares that he is light that He is the perfect Son of God. Light pictures the holiness of God. It pictures salvation that is brought through Jesus. And the Bible tells us in chapter 9 that Jesus declares Himself as the light of the world. Now, He had just been in the temple, and while in the temple He declared His eternality, and the Pharisees became angry. They took up stones. And so the Bible says that Jesus is now leaving the temple or the area known as the Temple Mount. And as he's leaving the temple, he comes into contact with a man in chapter nine and verse one, who was blind from his birth. He comes in contact with a needy man. How many of you are thankful that Jesus came to this earth and that he interfaced with people like us? And that he was willing to come in contact with people in need? And when the disciples saw this man, they were a bit condescending Uh, they had an attitude of judgment in their heart and notice what it says in verse 2 his disciples asked him saying master who did sin this man or his parents that he was born, born blind now let me tell you something about suffering when someone is suffering when someone's going through a divorce when someone's going through sickness when someone is struggling with finances The last thing in the world they need is your assessment or judgment as to why that happened. The last thing in the world they need are some disciples saying, well, I wonder what kind of sin he did to deserve this. You know, if he would have read the Bible completely through, if he would have prayed enough, if he would have just listened to his mother, if he would have eaten oatmeal every morning, this would have never happened. The last thing people need in a moment like this is someone making it worse by acting like a Pharisee. And so we see the disciples, according to Warren Wiersbe, they did not look at the man as an object of mercy, but rather as a subject for theological discussion. Now it may have been that this man had some sin in his past, who knows? But it certainly is not our place to try to play the part of the Holy Spirit of God in that instance. And so, as Jesus meets this man, he gives an amazing uh, amazing testimony in verse 3. He says, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And Jesus, at this point, is going to send this man, after he places some mud upon his eyes, to the pool of Siloam, where he might wash and be made clean and be healed. And Jesus sent him to that pool as a place where he might have restoration healing and testimony to the power of Almighty God this morning as we consider what Jesus did here in John chapter 9 I want us to look behind the miracle which was amazing and I want us to see a little further into the meaning behind the miracle what is Jesus teaching us about ministry and about his ministry in particular if you're taking notes this morning I want you to see first of all the mission of Jesus Christ I don't know about you. I like to study mission statements or purpose statements. Sometimes I'll walk into a company or even a hotel or something and they'll have a mission statement on their wall. And I like to know what that mission statement says and then I like to see if anyone's living according to the mission statement, if things are moving according to plan. Well, Jesus declares his mission for us. And I believe we should be interested in his mission. In fact, I believe we ought to make his mission our mission and I want you to understand his mission today the Bible says in verse 3 but that the works of God should be made manifest in him I must work the works of him that sent me so the mission of Christ was to do his Father's will. Now that's very simple, but very important. The mission of Christ was to do the Father's will. Friend, don't overcomplicate the Christian life. Do you know what you need to do tomorrow? You need to do the Father's will tomorrow. Just as Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? What is your will, Lord, toward my wife, my children? What is your will for me at work? Lord, what is your will for me in the area of giving, as we mentioned a moment ago? It's not a matter of the church or or your aunt or your uncle. God, what is your will? And Jesus said that this has happened, that the works of God should be made manifest. And he said, I must work the works of him. The mind of Christ on this earth was always, what is the Father's will in this matter? Luke 2.49, and he said unto them, how is it? that you sought me. wished ye not, or don't you know, that I must be about my father's business? Even as a child, when his parents found him in the temple, and who knows what Mary said, Jesus, where have you been? And Jesus said, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? How many of you wish you had a 10-year-old who was about his father's business, right? And the, the Lord Jesus was obviously perfect in every way. But always doing the will of the Father. He did it obediently. The Bible says in John 6, 38, for I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. How many of you have children at home still? Let me see where you are, right? How many of you have read that we we want to break the will of the child, not the what? The spirit, but the will of the child. We want the child's will to be trained to do what is right. Well, Jesus had a perfect will, and His will was for the Father. And in John 6, 38, He said, I didn't come to do my will, I came to do His will. And He did it with real urgency. And I, I want all of us as the children of God to learn from our Savior this morning because we're studying Jesus this morning. And I want you to see what He says here in verse 4. He says, i must work the works of him that sent me he said i've got to do this i've got to do what god wants me to do and i believe we need more urgency in our lives today i believe oftentimes when it comes to soul winning or prayer when it comes to serving god we can just go through the motions but we need to learn from jesus he had 33 and a half years on this earth only three and a half of those years were his earthly ministry The Bible says, so teach us to number our days. God is teaching us that we must give our lives to the Lord while we can. We must do our Father's will while we can. Jesus said, say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest? Behold, I say unto you, look unto the fields, for they are white already unto harvest. Jesus said, look, don't wait forever to be a witness. It's time now to be a witness. It's time now to help your neighbor. It's time now to say I love you to that person. It's time now to pray. He said, I want to do the Father's business, and I want to do it now. One missionary by the name of Robert Moffat said, we'll have all of eternity to celebrate our victories, but only one short hour before sunset to win them. May I encourage you, we have a wonderful opportunity to do the Father's will and to be excited for what's coming to celebrate the resurrection and to encourage others to join with us and let me encourage you that we must be about our father's business and that we need Christians today who would say Lord do a great work in my life I read a little article this past week about a college teacher that took some students in 1940 from Wheaton College, back when Wheaton College was uh, more sound in the Scriptures. And they took a trip, and they, they went over to England, and they were touring some of the uh, various religious sites there. One of the sites is the home of John Wesley. It's been turned into a museum. It's right next to the, uh, to the church of John Wesley. And I've, I've been there, and I've stood in John Wesley's pulpit and, and taken pictures. And the Wesleys, of course, shook England for the gospel. And many of our hymns were written by the Wesleys but when you tour John Wesley's house there is a prayer that there is a room rather that is a prayer room the only piece of furniture is a little kind of a bench where he would kneel down and place his forearms and when you look into the floor literally when you look at the boards dating back over a hundred years there are literally indentations in the boards where the man knelt to pray it's an amazing and a very moving sight Well, the teacher had taken his students there, and they had then loaded up a bus, and as they were doing a head count, which all good teachers do, they realized they were one short. And the story says that the teacher went back to John Wesley's prayer room, and there he found the student with his knees embedded in the floor, and he was praying, do it again, Lord. Touch our nation, Lord. Do it again, Lord. And the student's name was Billy Graham. And I want to tell you something. We need some young people in this auditorium to pray, do it again, Lord. Use my life, Lord. Help me to reach my generation. Help me to reach people with the gospel. We're asking God to do it again. D.L. Moody told the story of how in 1871 he was wrapping up his services on a Sunday night and. Back in those days, visitors came mostly on Sunday nights. It was more of the evangelistic hour. And D.O. Moody preached about the death, burial, and resurrection. And then he said he did something that he regrets. He says it was the greatest mistake of his entire ministry. He told the people, I want to give you this next week to consider what you should do with Jesus. Whether you will receive or reject Jesus, I want you to think about that. And so he dismissed the great crowd from the Moody Church auditorium and yet it was that very night that the great Chicago fire broke out There were over 300 people killed. There were over 100,000 people uh, who were left homeless because of that fire. And Dale Moody said, I will never preach the gospel again without encouraging people at that moment to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. And that's why every time we preach the gospel at Lancaster Baptist Church, we give an altar call. And it doesn't matter to me if nobody comes or 10 comes or 100 comes. I just want to be faithful to God to invite people to come and see the work that Jesus did for them on the cross of Calvary. And so we are told that The mission of Jesus was to do the Father's will. And that is our mission. And we should do it earnestly and fervently. And and, and then the mission of Jesus was to shine in a fallen world. He came to shine in a fallen world. Verse 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now, how many of you understand that there is a real devil and I'm not talking about you know the guy with the pitchfork that your friend at work put on his arm there is a real devil in this world today and the devil does everything he can to blind people so that they don't see the light of Jesus Christ in fact notice in your notes first 2nd Corinthians 4 4 it says in whom the God of this world little g In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So Satan is always trying to blind people's minds. And he doesn't care if it's false religion, if it's marijuana and just walking around in a daze, if it's some kind of anger or lust. He doesn't care what they get into as long as they don't hear the message of Jesus Christ. That's the mission of Satan. To blind people so that they don't see and sometimes he'll even use a false light to blind them uh not long ago i was seeing i saw a sign spiritual light center it was like a little religious house downtown spiritual light and by the way just because something is spiritual does not mean it is biblical or truly spiritual the spiritual light center i read their advertisement in the Yellow Pages. We are dedicated to the God within. Oh, ho, ho, ho. I could camp there for a while. <laughs> dedicated to the God within. That's the God of self, ladies and gentlemen. Dedicated to the God within. The center offers opportunity for spiritual seekers on various paths to come together in an atmosphere of sharing and mutual respect. Our Sunday Fellowship brings speakers from a variety of interest in New Age thought, including healing, Eastern philosophies, ancient civilizations, and descriptions of our speakers' own spiritual journeys. Folks, listen. Uh, We might enjoy one another's story here and there, but we're not here to learn about our journey. We're here to learn about Jesus Christ, the light of the world today. And, and Satan will get us thinking and talking about other journeys and other lights and uh, false religions and philosophies and Eastern mysticism. But Jesus steps in front of all of that and says, Hey, there's a lot of light in the world, but I am the light of the world. Now you say, well, why is that important that we dis- di- distinguish that? Would you look in your notes for a moment there? Second Corinthians 11.13. I want you to see this. It's very important. Especially in the day in which we live second Corinthians 11:13. 13 for such are false apostles deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light Ladies and gentlemen, we need to recognize Yes There was an angel Moroni that came to Joseph Smith and it was a demon from hell and yes There are false apostles and yes There are false churches and there is false light and Satan tries every which way to get people turned away from the light, Jesus Christ. And so the mission of Christ was that he would come and do the work of the Father and bring the true light of salvation into this world. That was his mission. Now let's notice, secondly, how was this manifested? How did Jesus manifest his light? Well, let's, let's see this man that was blind, and look at verse number six. And when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and he said unto him go wash in the pool of Siloam and he went his way therefore and washed and came seeing now here we see that the miraculous works of Jesus manifested his deity we sometimes refer to these gifts these sign gifts as a way to know that he was of the truth and that he was the truth and he is proving his power here he takes this little bit of dirt and places it into the eyes of this young man and then this young man must have faith the bible says in verse seven he went his way and washed and came seeing Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And this young man had faith to do what God had told him to do. And so, we see there's a miraculous work of Christ. And this is one of the ways that he manifested his his deity, was through these miracles. But notice, secondly, the message of his people. You see, Jesus is no longer on planet Earth doing miracles today. One day we're going to sit at his feet, and what a great day that's going to be. So he has entrusted us now... To take his message into this world. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. And so he manifested the truth in his three and a half year ministry. But now he has left his truth to the church. That we might take his truth. And so let's see how this blind man, now made whole, does in taking the truth of the gospel. Notice if you would, in verse 25 the Bible says, whether he be a sinner or no I know not this one thing I know that whereas I was blind now I see so here he is immediately testifying look at I'm not a theologian I don't know everything about him the Pharisees said he was a sinner this this man says I don't know everything I just know this I was blind and now I see and he began to testify. And you don't have to know theology in every, in every aspect of the word. All you need to know is that you are a sinner, that Jesus died for you, that you have turned to Christ to be your Savior, your sins are forgiven, heaven is your home. Listen, sometimes if you just tell your testimony, that's a great start. Just telling others how you got saved. And that's what this man did. In fact, notice what people said in verse 8, verse 8 of this chapter. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him, Uh, that he was blind said is not this he that sat and begged in other words they said is this the same guy By the way, how many of you would think it would be wonderful if your neighbors would say, you know, that guy is really different. That guy lives for the Lord. That guy's had a great change come over his life. And suddenly, it's not just Jesus performing the miracle, but suddenly it's the lives that Jesus has changed. And your life and mine should point others to Jesus Christ. And if all they see in you is the same activity, the same music, the same lifestyle, the same hatred, the same activities as an unsaved man, why would they ever want Jesus Christ? if his people are no different than unsaved people if you're with me on that say Amen. Amen. this man was totally different we're gonna see that even a little bit more on here the Bible tells us let your light so shine before men well what light is that it's Jesus in me that's what this is all about Jesus Christ living through us let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven they saw the light in this man and he proclaimed the truth and he talked about jesus and and he says i went and i washed verse 11 and i received the healing oh listen the, the primary qualification for a missionary vance havner said is not to love souls it's to love jesus Let me say that again. The primary qualification for a soul winner is not that you love souls. Some of you go, I just don't get warm and fuzzy about people and you know, I'm just not compassionate that way. Let me ask you this, do you love Jesus? Because this man wasn't telling everybody about Jesus because he loved everybody, but he did love Jesus Christ. And I wanna tell you something else. You were blind and now you see. You've got a story just like this man had a story, amen? God wants us to let our light shine. And His truth was manifested, yes, through the miracles, but the way His truth is manifested now is through our life. Like this man who was blind and now he can see and he's telling everyone, Jesus did this for me. So the mission of Christ was to do the work of the Father. And the manifestation of Christ was the miracles and it was the testimony of the believer but I want you to look finally at this thought, the message of the passage. What's the concluding message that we see in this passage? And we're almost done, but this is so awesome, I want you to see it. Verse 35, notice what it tells us. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. Now let me just pause to say, the religious crowd can be rough.
0: You've been listening to Daily in the Word with Dr. Paul Chapel, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. If you're interested in watching Pastor Chapel preach live during a Lancaster Baptist Church service, you can now log on to lbclive.tv Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings. Visit lancasterbaptist.org for a list of times and other services. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Dr. Chappell serves as a pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church, and he is the author of many books. But most of all, he has a passion and love for you. If you've been helped through Dr. Chapel's ministry, he'd love to hear your story. Visit us on our website today where you can listen to today's entire message, become a partner in the Word, and sign up for Pastor Chapel's Daily in the Word email devotional. Visit us at paulchapel.com. And thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to discover God's answers for today's challenges here on Daily in the Word.